Hello and welcome to the Ear Fuel Podcast. As always, I'm Joel Freemark and you can follow me on Twitter at at GetEarFuel and at The Daily Guru. The podcast is available at SoundCloud.com slash GetEarFuel and via the iTunes and Google Play stores under EarFuel. Today, we are going to spend time discussing how to find and get into new music from all across the sonic spectrum. But before that, I want to take a look at some new releases you need to get your ears on. I actually want to take a look at an LP and an EP this week, and the LP is the somewhat unexpected second album from the band Mudcrutch, and they creatively named this album Two. Yeah, really creative there, guys. Good job. Now, if you're not familiar with Mudcrutch, don't feel bad. They formed all the way back in 1970 in Gainesville, Florida, and then they broke up in 1974. But some of the band members, three of them, went on to form another group you probably have heard of. Now, you may know the name Ben Montench. He's a keyboard player or guitar player Mike Campbell because there are two people from Mudcrutch who went on to form that second band, and they were backing a third member of Mudcrutch, in both Mud Crush and the second band, and that third person is singer and guitar player Tom Petty. Yep, Mud Crutch are the precursor to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and back in 2008, Petty reformed this early band, and they put out this really fun record of cover songs. Most people, myself included, assumed it was a one-off project, but, well, apparently it wasn't, and I think they're going to tour again this summer. So anyway, on to the actual music. Now, I am a Tom Petty fan. And this record comes off as oddly akin to his solo work, more specifically his Wildflower era in some ways, as there's this, there's this sense of relaxed freedom across every song. I feel like the last few Heartbreakers records had taken Petty kind of off course, but man, these songs on this record bloom perfectly. The guitars have this fantastic tone, and the overall feel of the songs like Dreams of Flying. Okay, Dreams of Flying is about as vintage a Tom Petty sound as you're ever going to find. It's so good. And then you have tracks like the bluegrassy Other Side of the Mountain. Then there's Victim of Circumstance, which has a cool garage feel. And, and all of them really manage to balance the classic sound with the modern and I really can't say enough about the sheer variety and vitality in these songs. He also has this like Elvis Costello-esque vibe on the song Hope. And really, so many of these songs are ideal for cranking up the windows. I'm sorry, cranking down the windows, cranking up the music with the, with the windows down. That's what I wanted to say there, which, let's be honest, having the windows down and the music rocking out is really what Tom Petty is all about. But now, let's not forget, I, I did say The Wildflowers Era, a record I adore. And that really comes through clearest on the song Beautiful Blue, which, whew, I mean, Tom Petty can still write heartbreaking lyrics better than damn near anyone this one is just crushing and then you couple that with the track uh, i forgive it all i mean look if you're looking to understand why tom petty is one of the best lyricists around check those two songs out they will break your heart in the best way possible now i honestly didn't think this record was gonna be much considering you know the last one was it was almost a novelty but i was happily wrong here on almost every single song you can really feel the fun that these guys are having recording these songs. And I don't know, maybe it's because you know, maybe Tom Petty feels less pressure here because this is seen as more of kind of a, a hobby style side project than like a formal Heartbreakers record. I don't know. It's damn good any way you slice it. And it's so great to hear Tom Petty just just really feeling it. In the end, to me, this is what music is all about. It's fun. It's loose. You can groove to every song. And, you know, even if you're not a huge Tom Petty fan, 
give this one a spin. It is full of good times, and you're really going to enjoy it. The other album I want to take a quick peek at is the new EP from the band Lion Eyes, and it's called The Voyage. You may remember the name Lion Eyes from them being guests just a few months back, and this is the second EP they've released in like six, maybe seven months, and they have promised plenty more this year. If you want to know more about that, go check out the podcast they are featured. I want to say it was like episode number seven or thereabouts, and they'll they'll talk about the ridiculous output they're trying to do in 2016 and thus far succeeding. Anyway, the record explodes right out of the gates with their new unique blend of reggae, heavy grooves, and monster riffs. The fuzz on the song Anacostia is just... Let's just say I haven't yet found the volume loud enough to do this one justice, but uh, they're quick to dig in deep on this album, bringing fantastic ska bounces that, that honestly, they seem to bounce all the way into space, and it's it's when they hit these jammy points that the band really flies, and it's these these light touches and rocking on songs like Underwater that shows just how far these guys are able to reach musically. Even when they seem like they're veering far from kind of the fist-in-the-air rock sound, you can feel the buzzing energy across every second, and then they're able to ease things in perfectly when they're ready to break the volume knob off again. That's what I really love about Lion Eyes. Across these six tracks, you can tell they're playing exactly what they want. And this sort of commitment to a distinctive but amazing sound, it's the sort of approach upon which musical revolutions are built. Over their last few releases, you can really hear this band coming into their own and finding the ideal balance between their punk and reggae roots and their love for arena-pumping rock. To be honest, Lion Eyes to me are one of the most exciting bands on the planet today because they have a brand of rock and roll that nobody else does, and they're proving to be beyond ambitious with their musical output. So, I really dig the new EP. Go get a listen. You won't be sorry. Moving on. The main thing I want to talk about today is based on a question I've been getting regularly for the better part of the last decade. For those of you who don't know, I've been writing, doing videos, and pretty much everything else about music since I was in high school. I'm now 36 years old, and I am admittedly obsessed with music, and I'm hoping that's why most of you are here, because you're on that same course. It's a fun way to live, or you you just want to know more about music. Welcome. Everybody's welcome here. Anyway, people ask me all the time. How do you find new music? How do you get into new music? You know, or, or how do you even get into just new styles of music that might be old? I get the question so often. So I wanted to take some time to discuss the wide variety of ways you can get into new sounds because it's never too late to fall in love with a song or a band you've never heard. It's, it's what keeps me going after music because it just keeps happening and it's so wonderful. So before I talk about how to get into long-established genres that you might have shied away from in the past... Let's focus on new music and and kind of where the best sources for me are to find that new music. In many ways, where you're going to look depends on what kind of sounds you want. If you're just sort of trying to stay up on whatever's new from all sorts of genres, it actually does make things a lot easier. In the era of streaming music, there are a number of sites that regularly host, you know, pre-release albums, early listens and stuff like that. And as much as they excel at dry news delivery, NPR's First Listen series is one of the best places to check out. Really, it is. There's only one ad at the very top of it, and you can listen to albums in their entirety. The albums that are featured really run the range in terms of genres, and what I really dig is that there's often records there that are slightly off the beaten path that I end up checking out that I probably wouldn't have found out elsewhere. Another great place is allmusic.com, as their editor's picks are pretty reliable. They, they do push a little more towards the popular, but 
I really do think they have a good voice there. The only drawback there is that they don't stream the music, so you're going to need to find it elsewhere. But they also do really good artist bios and album reviews. So if you've kind of ever wondered about that stuff or you're looking for connections between bands or, you know, really what any artist is all about, allmusic.com is definitely a good place to know. Along with that, if this is an artist you've been hearing hype about or maybe you're already familiar with, keep an eye on their social media accounts. In so many cases, they're going to have a preview of the album somewhere before the release date, or they're at least going to plug it where it is on the, you know, streaming on the day of. You can also check out Reddit, you know, the the specific subreddit for that, because if that record is going to surface early, trust me, Reddit will be all over it. So that's kind of for the more general, I'm looking for new music across the board idea. There are, of course, tons and tons of so-called music magazines online. And the reason I call them so-called is because I think you need to hold a magazine to call it a magazine, but whatever. And each of them have their own particular viewpoint, and in theory, they should have their own sonic specialty. That is to say, the albums you're going to find talked about and reviewed extensively on Fact Magazine's website should be pretty different from those you hear on Stereo Gum, and that's where things do start to get more genre-specific, but in a good way. So if you're sort of bouncing around music sites, take some time to learn what they're all about. What what music do they really love in terms of genre? It's, it's not to say that something like The Fader can't bring a solid alt-rock review, but that's not really their speciality to be sure. Also, and I am saying this as a longtime music critic, music critics aren't always right, and they aren't always going to speak to your particular taste. So just because a review slams a record doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out or that you can't like it. Your ears are the ones that matter, and for me, to be honest, I usually steer clear of every single review until I've gotten through my first few listens. I don't want someone else's commentary clouding, you know, how I hear the record, so beware of that. Except, of course, for this podcast. My reviews are always on point, right? I'm never wrong. You never disagree with me. Get the point? Good. So, one of the other ways I find new music is more like... You know what, actually, not new music. Let's call it new-to-me music. That is to say, music that's been out from a while, you know, maybe even a couple of months to a couple of decades, and I just haven't heard it before. Now, I'm going to get into far greater depth on this in a few minutes, but I wanted to share some of my favorite listening habits in this sort of lane first. Let's start with, wow, I just realized, for 15 years, I think now, I've been a massive fan of SomaFM.com. It's grown huge over the years from what it once was, but it still centers around uninterrupted, commercial-free streaming sounds from all across the world of music, specifically electronic music, mostly in the dumb tempo and ambient styles, but you'll find all sorts of cool stuff, and you know they've even been delving into pop over the last few years. I cannot count how many albums I've been turned on to over the years just from listening to the Soma FM stream. And if you're looking to get into more of that style of music, you know, ambient electronic, really anything in electronic, you must, must, must know Soma FM. Wonderful people out in San Francisco. Also, the radio stations KEXP in Seattle and KCRW in Santa Monica are always good places to tune into. They have a wide range of DJs bringing in musics and guests from all across the sonic spectrum. If you're looking for high-quality, super-eclectic radio, those are two of my favorite places on the internet dial, and yes, they both stream 24-7. Now, last resort, Google is your friend. If you type in, I don't know, uh, Australian folk metal, and trust me, that's a thing, it'll at least give you some starting points. It might not be the best right off the bat, but, you know, it's better than nothing, right? So really... Finding new music is ridiculously easy thanks to the internet and, uh, oh yeah, there, there is one other habit I have. 
See, I take Tuesdays as what I call new music only day. That's right. I only listen to music I've never heard before on Tuesdays. I mean, I listen to music I haven't heard before on other days, but Tuesdays are nothing but exploring unknown sounds. New and new-to-me music both count, and dedicating a specific amount of time, doesn't have to be a whole day, every single week is a surefire way to have plenty of new sounds in your ears all the time. So, now that we've got a bit of a direction for newer music, the reality is that oftentimes the bigger problem is getting into a a new-to-you genre completely. I totally get it. You dig the music you dig, and there's really no reason you see to explore other genres, right? You've got a ton of great music. You've been into this and that genre forever. It's it's the music you love, plain and simple. You know, you're 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 into metal. Who cares about jazz? Maybe you're a total hip hop head and have absolutely zero interest into diving into the world of classical. I get it. Or maybe there's just so much quote unquote great music from years past that it's completely overwhelming to you and and you don't know where to start. Believe me, I get it. Because it's further compounded when you ask your friend who's really into that genre. You know, you say you want to learn about it, and they pile a ton of albums onto you all at once. You know, it's the whole, oh man, you have to listen to this and this and this and this. And and oftentimes they'll like play you 30 seconds of a song and then skip to another because they're just trying to teach you everything there is to know and appreciate about a genre in like two minutes. They mean well. I mean, I mean well, right? They mean well. But in so many cases, the records they suggest are, are actually better for people who are familiar with the sound already, as opposed to a solid entry point. It's kind of, it's like sonic suffocation. I've seen it so many times, and I'm certainly guilty of it, too. We just get really excited because someone wants to come into a new musical world that we love. It's like, for example, someone who's trying to get into jazz, and they're given John Coltrane's Ascension album, which is two, two just two tracks. Each of them are 40 minutes of really really difficult but good jazz as opposed to i don't know give him coltrane's giant steps records which is it's far more accessible the problem is that people who are really passionate and love a genre who you should be turning to for this stuff a lot of them have forgotten about their early days of getting into a sound and especially as you get a bit older entry points into music are almost impossible to just stumble across This reality is why so many people end up staying in very specific musical lanes and never really branch out as they age. Tons of scientific studies show that this happens. In your late 20s and early 30s, people just stop searching for music, and to me, that really sucks. I mean, I legitimately, legitimately feel bad for people who get stuck in just one sound, and and that's why today and in the future, I've got a plan to help. In the long term... I'm going to be dedicating entire future podcasts sporadically throughout, you know, the next foreseeable future to the history of specific genres. Not every single podcast, but, you know, probably, you know, at least one every other month. And we're going to talk about that specific genre and how it came to be. We're going to discuss at length why those sounds matter and and how to best familiarize and appreciate them. Sort of, you know, music 101 for specific, specific genres for genres across the board going to cover jazz, hip-hop, metal, the blues, electronic, you name it. Because I really believe that if you understand how a sound formed and and why the big names are, you know, well, the big names and, and how they got there, it makes the music itself far less intimidating. And to a certain extent, I think it makes it more enjoyable. But that one comes from the Office of Future Plans. Today, we're going to do a crash course on some of my favorite genres. And, and the genres I feel are kind of the most intimidating for people. So now let me assure you, 
let me assure you, I'm going to name a lot of records coming up, but every single record I name is easy to find on streaming platforms or in record stores. Not, you know, super obscure stuff here because this is about getting a taste and, and doing it easily for the best that a genre has to offer and then digging in deeper if you want. The bulk of these albums are going to be not so much old, but not all that recent because I believe that to some extent, a record needs to stand the test of time to be considered a classic or a landmark recording, and all of these fall into those categories. So, since it might quite possibly be the most intimidating genre out there, let's start with some entry points into jazz, shall we? There are tons of styles within the world of jazz, and, and again, I'm going to be devoting an entire episode to just jazz. It's actually almost completely written, and all the sub-styles within jazz, but for now... Here's a few of my favorite albums that I think are really, really good entry points if you know nothing about jazz or you've tried jazz before and just didn't get into it. Try again. At the top of my favorite jazz musicians ever is John Coltrane. And most, including me, see him as the greatest sax man ever. I mentioned it earlier. His Giant Steps record is a fantastic place to start. The songs are pretty straightforward and easy to follow. The melodies are clear and the solos don't get too out there. And to be honest, this is the record that got me into jazz and into John Coltrane specifically. The other option for Coltrane is his A Love Supreme album. You may have heard of it before. It's beyond legendary, but it's slightly more challenging. I don't think it's going to turn people off, but I, 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 I just think either of these, solid way to get into Coltrane and jazz in general. Now, if we look at another big name in jazz, Miles Davis's Birth of the Cool presents a totally different side of the jazz sound, and it might even be more accessible due to the short song lengths, three, four minutes tops here. Some other personal favorites that will ease you into the world of jazz is Dexter Gordon's Go album, Dave Brubeck's famous Time Out record, Herbie Hancock's Headhunters, which I've discussed a few times before on the podcast. And if you're looking for something more modern, check out a record called Combustication from Modesky, Martin, and Wood. It's a really good jazz record. DJ Logic is on there, so you have, you have really modern hip-hop sounds fusing in there. Really, really good. All of these records touch on different styles and subgenres of jazz, so if you try one and you don't like it, try another. I guarantee you'll find something you dig. Hopping over to the world of hip-hop, it never ceases to amaze me. How many people write off an entire genre based on just one or two examples? I, I mean, yes, people do this for every genre, I get it, but it seems that hip-hop gets it worse than every other sound that isn't called heavy metal. So, much like jazz, there are so many different styles within the world of hip-hop, from gangster rap to hardcore, more conscious styles, futuristic stuff, underground. It, it's Hip-hop has been fused together with every other sound imaginable, really. And I truly believe that there's something within the world of rap and hip-hop for everybody. I really do. The easiest entry points into hip-hop are actually some of the true classics. Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die is a masterpiece in perfection. And I've always felt that Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style is a touch above its sort of predecessor, Dr. Dre's The Chronic Record. Going back a generation, the Beastie Boys' Paul's Boutique. If you ever want to know what sampling's all about, check this one out. Run DMC's Raising Hell is absolutely a classic. And Boogie Down Productions' Criminal Minded are all exceptional records that are, I mean, they're, they're beyond blueprints for the genres. The, these records are untouchable. If you want something a bit more off the beaten path, check out the psychedelically-fueled Bizarre Ride to the Far Side by the Far Side. You probably know the single Passing Me By. And then there's the funk, jazz, everything action against the roots. Magnificent Things Fall Apart record. You have to check that one out. It's so, so good. For me, though, 
If you want to understand the sheer brilliance that can be achieved within the genre, give a spin to Mad Villain's 2004 album, Mad Villainy. This is underground legend MF Doom and Mad Lib working together, and in the eyes of many, is the greatest underground hip-hop record ever. We'll get into just why this record is so damn rad when we deep dive on hip-hop, but trust me that within all the records I just named are plenty of easy entries into hip-hop, and yeah, I know, there's plenty I've left off as well, but really trying to keep this concise and just give you, you know, some kind of a punch list almost to check out the world of hip-hop. So since I mentioned it before, let me touch lightly on heavy metal. I feel like metal needs more explanation than any other genre out there, as there's a ton of depth and musicianship going on that most people overlook due to the sheer volume. And yes, the claim that a lot of metal is built on elements of classical music is often true, but again, eh, we'll get into that down the road. So if you're looking to dip your toes into the world of metal, and I totally suggest you do, Metallica is a solid place to start. It's a band you know, but their first album, Kill Em All, happens to be my favorite, though it's hard to argue against their Master of Puppets record. I'd go with Kill Em All, but you really can't go wrong with either of these, and if those are too much for you, the Black Album will do the trick. Motorhead's Ace of Spades record rides the line between hard rock and heavy metal, and if you need some killer vocals, you can't top Lemmy. This record never ages, and it's a really, really good place to begin your journey into metal. If this sounds good to you, go get Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak record. It, it is, again, that kind of, you know, crossover between metalish and hard rockish. Oh, two amazing records with fantastic vocalists on there. Now, of course, I can't even try to talk about metal without bringing up the mighty Black Sabbath. And while I prefer their self-titled debut, the famous Paranoid record is a great starter. Iron Man's on here, War Pigs. You know, it's got a few hits that you know, but for me... It's the second side of Paranoid where the metal magic really lives. A few other places to start, for me at least, would be White Zombies, Lost Exorcisto, Devil Music Volume 1, the Melvin's Houdini record, and even Babes in Toyland's Spanking Machine. I feel like they touch on different places uh, that, that you know, you'll hear the different sounds of metal. Now I know. Any metalheads listening right now are sitting there saying to themselves, what, dude, no Slayer? No St. Vitus? I get it. And while both of these bands are outrageously good, and one of them happens to be my favorite metal band ever, I don't think they're great entry points into the genre. Both of them have genre-defining albums. You know, Slayer's Rain and Blood is how you do metal. But I just, I don't think it's a great place for anyone who's never heard or really isn't familiar with metal yet. That, to me, is right after you're like, okay... I get what Metallica is doing on Kill 'Em All. Then you say, okay, go get Slayer's Reign and Blood because that's even cooler. So uh, I love me some metal. Go get your horns up and dig in. One more taste I want to give you uh, is my personal favorite style of music, punk rock. Punk and metal share a lot of things in t- common, but begin by getting all of the poser-heavy images of what a punk rocker is out of your head. You know, the leather jacket, the spiked hair, all that. I'm not saying it's not part of punk rock, but... I'll discuss it at length in a later podcast because it's it's more a mindset. Punk rock is more of a mindset than an image, and it's it's why you can make a direct line from folk music to punk music. You know, I I will argue later on. You know, Johnny Cash, Woody Guthrie is definitely punk rock. But narrowing down my entry points for this genre was more than a challenge. So here goes. To understand what punk rock is, there's nothing at all wrong with sticking to two of the biggest names: the Ramones and the Clash. 
The self-titled debut from the Ramones is about as straightforward as any record in history, and the self-titled debut from The Clash is one of my three favorite records ever. You can also grab The Clash's London Calling, but I prefer the more raw, hard-hitting, in-your-face sounds that you get on their debut. Another favorite place to start folks in punk rock for me is the Milo Goes to College record by The Descendants. Oh, I love this record. 15 songs running a total of 22 minutes, but be warned, this is the sort of record you're going to fall in love with very, very quickly. Don't say I didn't tell you. If you want to kind of hear the more hardcore side of punk rock, Minor Threat's complete discography record and Black Flag's first four years compilation, definitely places you should look. If you want something, you know, a little more gothy, maybe even a bit more metally, look no further than the Misfits Walk Among Us. And for some unexpected awesomeness, oh, go get X-Ray Specs Germ-Free Adolescence album. It never gets the credit. It's it so so sorely deserves. And when you when you I'm gonna go off course here for a second, and when you couple that with an album called The Crack by the Ruts, it's really where you say, man, punk rock did have a bit of a pop tinge to it, and these records are so good, and that's where like the self-titled record from Generation X comes in. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because I will just go on forever with great entry points into great punk rock. See, that's what I was talking about at the beginning, about people saying you have to hear this and this and this and this. It, it, it happens. Even when I'm purposefully trying to not do that, it's, it's because I just I want people to just love music. So anyway... If everything I just suggested in punk is a bit, I don't know, it's just not easing you in right, go grab the Marquee Moon record by Television or the Stooges Funhouse album. They are more rock-centric, but definitely two key albums in the development of punk rock. I, I, could, I could go on forever about ways to get into punk, but I won't. Yet. Like I said, over the next few months, uh, I'm going to be doing some extensive exploration into how each genre, not just these ones, formed and where the touchstone albums are and the stylistic entry points but i wanted to give a handful of you know quick hellos here so that you can maybe find some new sounds to spin this summer again i am well aware that there are tons of other records that could have made this list and i'm i know i'm gonna hear it i get it it's okay you know like why didn't you talk about ll cool j i get it but when i sat back to really think about the easy just real easy ways to understand and enjoy each genre these were the records that rose to the top now, if you're looking for even more entry points and an understanding of why these so-called greatest albums are called the so-called greatest albums, I actually wrote a book on it a few years back. It's called The Music Obsessive's Guide to Life, and it basically gives you a write-up on a classic album each day, explaining why it's significant in a historical and cultural context, as well as the key tracks, and it's just kind of a, a way to get into so many different genres and albums, and uh I think it's really good, but I wrote it, so I'm pretty biased. I have a few copies left, so if it's something you're interested in or you want to know more about it, email me, getearfuel at gmail.com, and I'll let you know more about it, and we can get you a copy. No problem. I really hope that what I've talked about over like the last 20, 25 minutes encourages you to get out there and find new music. Hit me up on Twitter, at The Daily Guru, and at Get Earfuel with your favorite entry point albums into your favorite genres. Before we call it a week, though, I do, of course, have your weekly Ear Fuel listening assignment. For those of you new to the podcast, each week I assign an album to listen to in full from beginning to end without any distractions or interruptions. It stems from the idea that these days music has been largely relegated to a background task. You're driving, you're at work, you're at the gym, whatever, and this assignment is about consciously listening to music for the sake of the music alone. This week, your listening assignment is... You know what? Forget it. 
I threw out a ton of entry points today over the last half hour. So your assignment is to check out any one of those records that you've never heard before. Hit me on Twitter, let me know what you spun, and let me know what you thought of it. So that's it for this week. You can find me on Twitter at, at @getearfuel and at the Daily Guru. And the podcast is always available in the iTunes and Google Play Store under Earfuel and at SoundCloud.com/getearfuel. And hey, if you dug things, go tell a friend or three about it. That is your weekly Earfuel. Share and enjoy. Thank you.